Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Gentlemen, how are you? Good. How are you doing? How are you doing? Hi, Patrick. Good afternoon to everybody that's joining us today. Um, Just to let you know, I hate technology. I hate the COVID. I hate the shutdown. (laughs) I nearly hated the whole world at this point. John John Daly is uh, on his way in. He called me there. uh, I I mean, I don't know. I gave him the link to come on this morning. And he's he's sort of FaceTime me, you know, thinking it's a FaceTime meeting. But here we go. You're dealing with pastors (laughs) this morning. So... Uh, everybody that's watching, you're, you're eavesdropping in the conversation between the Cork Church pastors and an invited guest who is Pastor John Bindi, who will be with us shortly. Uh, we hope <laughs> people don't the work technology. But in the meantime, it's great to see Patrick on screen because, Patrick, we know that you've just had a little baby and uh, yep. life has been changing. Hey. <laughs> just up to speed a little bit how life has been developing for you and Laura. Yeah, 100%. Well, it's a privilege to be on the conversation. I've been loving, I've been able to tune in from home. I've had a baby in one hand and a laptop in another, and I've kind of been tuning in every uh, Friday to the conversation. I, I just, I love, you, you sound like the guy's been in the wall, and one hand they held the, the, the sword. And that's, the right. <laughs> that's right. So I've had a bottle in one hand and a mobile in another. <laughs> but yeah, so I love love being able to be a part of it. Put, I hope you didn't put the phone in the baby's mouth. There have been times. There have been times. Oh my goodness, hey, look who's here. Hey, hey. 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 John, how are you doing? I am doing very good. How about you guys? Yeah, we're doing, doing good. Patrick, Patrick was just on a roll telling us about his new trauma. Having to deal with a, a, a newborn baby. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to see these guys having children, and um, it's uh, definitely a, a sight to behold. I know. Yeah, it seems it's, like one, it's, one part. It, it's been funny. Actually, one of the few people I've been able to talk to over during the night feeds. I take all the night feeds. So sometimes I pray, but the, the only person I've really spoken to is Pastor John. We've been texting, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I've been kind of changing my son and texting Pastor John about sending sermons over. So we, we've actually been in communication uh, during the wee hours, but it's funny, it's full circle now to be talking at a godly hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell, tell the truth, Patrick. Patrick, tell the truth. You're asking him, what do I do with a crying baby? Help me. Pastor John, help me. <laughs> I'm telling you, which, which end do I stick the buckle? <laughs> Uh, the, the truth of it is, and I think Pastor Nick will say the same thing. The, the, I find the young guys in our church are much better at taking care of the kids and looking after the kids and helping at the house, probably than what we were. Pastor Nick, I don't know if uh, just being transparent there, but I don't know if you would agree with well, that. I don't know. Back in the day, back, back in the day we, we were wheeling in charge. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to get murdered. <laughs> I know Chris would well, agree for sure. <laughs> And we were very good at it. I do agree with you, John. I, I see my own sons and even Patrick and other younger men in the church. And uh, they're so, they have to be better than us. I mean, really, if they're not better than us, then we fail them. And I think it's great to see that uh, that sharing of the burden and not just lumping our wives with everything to do with the domestic. When that's, uh, that is absolutely no leadership whatsoever. So I agree. Thank God for these young fellas. Pastor John, good morning to you and you, first of all. So anybody watching this morning, this is Pastor John Bailey. He's the founding pastor and senior pastor of the Springs Church in Jacksonville, Florida. He's a long-standing friend of Cork Church and an even longer-standing friend of mine and Catherine. And we are honored to have him because he, again, with all the affection in my heart, I can say this is a tremendous friend and brother and a man of great experience and great compassion and love for the body of Christ. So John, thank you for joining us today. And I know it's very early for you. So what, what time is it there in the morning? 7.30. Yeah, 7.30. So I got up about an hour ago and trying to get my brain together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got my coffee. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, you're looking good, Daniel. Thank God you don't have good lighting there, but then you're looking good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
So, John, John, it's been it's been a very trying time. I mean, obviously, uh, we're all contending with the same issues um, globally. But um, you know, t- just tell us how it, how has it been for the Springs Church, yourself, and the ministry, and our friends over there, uh, Owen and Sarah and Matt Pace and, and his wife, and how how are you all getting on, and how are you managing through this this uh, pandemic? Yeah, it's it's definitely no different than you. It's been very challenging. Um, you guys probably know on your side of the pond. I guess we're known as the epicenter. I don't know exactly what that is, but uh, you know we're the epi- epicenter of the you know of the pandemic. But it actually, um, you know, in Florida we have been a bit better than some of the states because our governor has kept things more open. But we went through probably about five months where we were doing drive-in church and you know trying to you know keep ministry going when we were shut down which really was effective, you know, it worked. We've had to kind of look at different ways to do it. Everybody's doing well. I think it's probably a lot like yourselves. We do the best with what we have. Um, the people who are strong in the church, the, um, you know, the core people, I think that they have probably fared with it really well. They, you know, they already love the Lord. They're in the word, they're praying. They'll do the best with the connections. Uh, probably where my heart goes the most is towards the ones that tend to be on the peripheral um, you know, the the people who were maybe just seeking or coming into church, we find we find that more of a struggle to kind of get into where they're at and help them grow spiritually. So that has been probably our biggest challenge. And then, the you know, the people that, you know, have underlying health issues that, you know, have just been, uh, you know, uh, you know, on their own for a long time. I think that there's a lot of side effects that happens when you're quarantined, uh, depression you know, mental anxieties, things like that. Really, uh, we have seen a lot of upticks in that, uh, marriage problems even. Uh, you would think that now would all be, our marriages would all be doing great because we're quarantined and we have a lot of great time together. But there's probably probably a shelf life to that. And, uh, you know, so, so our counseling ministry uh, has actually, you know, uh, been, been really overloaded with, just trying to deal not just with our people, but people in the community. So it has been challenging. Um, I think that uh, one politician here said, don't let a crisis go to waste. And I think that what crisis. we try to do is take the crisis and go, how do you make the best of it and minister yeah. to people? So we've seen people saved and new people come into the church. So that's the good report. But man, it has been challenging trying to minister to the people who come, the people who are away stragglers um and then still be a light to the community so it's it's uh, it's been the most challenging year of ministry in my life and i, I don't you guys would probably agree with that so um yeah so that's a little synopsis um but but it's been good i mean we've stayed steady with you know the, the finances have uh stayed steady and a lot of uh ministries have been ongoing um, it, it just has made it so much more challenging, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. So, what what advice, John, would you give uh, you know pastors here in Ireland? Because you do know the demographic, you know the, the structure of the Irish Church. You've been here for seven years. Um, you know, a lot of ministers are frustrated. They're 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 they're, they're you know obviously fearful. They're frustrated. They're upset with the government over lockdown. You know, um, there's a strong push for them to. Internally, they're all some are talking about you know just reopening anyhow that sort of way, uh, and uh, yet our, our our infection rate is is higher now than when it was at the start of the pandemic in in, in February you know so you know and this, this the different variants and strains that have come in that are more viral and and and, and more deadly as well of the COVID nineteen. But you know for the poor ministers who are facing all what you face they don't face as mature they don't. They don't have as much of a mature base as you would have over there. There's not a huge pedigree as regards uh, people who serve the Lord. From, very rare to have people serve the Lord for more than 20 years in your church. So it's relatively young church. Finances would be low. It's, it's different. So the frustrations, we can't pastor, we can't gather our people. And um, what would you say to them, you know, right now? Because they, we're, we're different than you. We can't move 5K outside our houses. Uh, you can go for a right. walk. You, um, you, 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 every church is closed, but so is every bar. So is every restaurant. Uh, you can only do basic shopping. You can't even shop for toys for your grandkids. I mean, can you imagine that? 
So um, that's the environment that we're in over here at the moment. Have you any advice for the Irish pastors and even those watching on in our churches? Because they're all beginning to pray, you know, and uh, I, I, you know, I know you have a concern and a love for the Irish church. So what would you feel in your heart to say to them? Yeah, one thing I want to say to you is I could not, um, we do, we pray for the Irish church and we know a lot of the pastors, but then there's been a lot of people since we left that are now pastoring and our hearts mm -hmm. do go out and it is a different situation. You know, America, uh, there are more uh, Christians, born again Christians would be, you know, more prevalent here. And so, uh, so for a lot of pastors that are just, you know, seeing people come to Christ, the one thing I would probably say is this, is just remember that nothing happens in this world unless it passes through the Father's hands. And Amen. so instead of looking at it like, oh, look what the devil has done and, you know, the enemy is winning and I'm losing and I'm on the bottom instead of the top. Um, I, I think the thing I would really keep at the foremost is, first of all, you cannot change the pandemic. It is what it is. And you have to be able to accept it and embrace it. Uh, it can be frustrating and what we'll all have those moments. I know you guys have done, you know, relatively well there at Court Church. Uh, I see the feeding programs and you guys are doing so many good things there. But, it, but you have to embrace it. You can't, um, you, you know, if you get so overwhelmed and frustrated, then you get into a bad place and you wind up with the mental anxiety and the depression and the feeling overwhelmed. And listen, the Lord says, what is it? Psalm 23, I will. I will set, you know, in front of you a table in front of your enemies and I'll restore your soul. And you just have to keep in that place where you're restored, uh, where in your heart and your family that you're in a good place. Because if you don't, you really don't have anything to give anybody. And then you just have to plot on. You have to take the people that are your leaders, the people that you know, keep those relationships warm. Do what you can. If you can get people that are within 5K to have small one-on-one -on -one coffees, you know, or, or just do, do phone calls. Um, you know, what, whatever you can do is the best you can do. And at the end of the day, you have to put it before the Lord and what happens, whoever stays, whoever goes, you can't change that. And yeah. it can be frustrating. I think we, all of us can, you know, youth, I know for us has been a real challenge because when you say to teenagers, social distance, you can't hug, you can't touch, you know, and for them, they're less vulnerable. So, you know, they're like, you know, they don't, a lot of them I know here just don't really care if they get COVID or they don't because the, the you know, there's just not major issues with it. But we still have to go in and keep the policies and, and everything. So they can, you know, for youth pastors and young adults, it can be very frustrating, children's leaders. Um, but hey, all you can do is what's in front of you. And I, I always think of the early church. You know, God is doing these amazing things and Nero is coming in and, you know, uh, putting Christians to death and they're fleeing and they're losing their homes. And as much as this pandemic is is, is difficult, it's not that like you know, the, the government may tell you you can't leave, you know, 5K within your house, but nobody's going to come take your house away and like, you know, uh, and, and kill you or arrest you. You know, so in the light of that, the church grew with the challenges that they faced. And I would just try to say, hey, everything that's in front of you, do what God has put in front of you. Get it out of your brain how big the church is. I think that sometimes in our mind, we go, if the church is big, then I'm in a good place and the Lord is with me. If the church is small, the Lord is not with me. But that is not true. And I can tell you that somebody that we've seen a lot of growth in our church. But if my self-esteem gets wrapped up in how big the church is or how small the church is or how many people come or how much the, how much is given this week in finances, if my self-esteem or worth as a pastor or a person is wrapped up in that, I, I have I have missed something. So just reevaluate that. This is a good time to go back in your mind and your heart and get reset uh, spiritually where your walk is at with the Lord, what God has called you to do. And don't let these things overwhelm you because it's easy to get in that place for people, especially that are in ministry. It's so easy to let these things overwhelm you. But listen, you are victorious. God is with you. We are Amen. more than conquerors. You can't forget that. That has yeah. to be on your mind and your heart every day. And what my prayer is this, is if we, as the church, if we can get those things right through the pandemic, 
there one day we're going to get on the other side of this. And when we survive the pandemic, listen, there's no weapon formed against you will prosper. right? Mm -hmm. And every time we'll get stronger and stronger. So maybe just encourage you with that. You know, um, if you're watching or pastoring a small church, that God has great things. He's done great things in Ireland and he's going to continue to do great things in Ireland. Uh, just don't be overwhelmed with it. Yeah. yeah. That's very good, John. That's very good. Uh, guys, uh, any of you got a question for Pastor John there? I've, I've one. Um, John, you, 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 I, I know you have a deep love uh, for Ireland. Uh, Irish food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Indian food. <laughs> Irish food as well. <laughs> Just a little plug for a Bailey restaurant there. <laughs> and Chinese um, food in Ireland is better. Uh, <laughs> so. uh, <laughs> and, and Irish culture. Um, but I, th I think like every culture, there are downsides to the culture as well. And you haven't come here, haven't immersed yourself in our culture, haven't loved our culture and been part of it and becoming half Irish yourself or fully Irish, whatever you want. Right. <laughs> what, what would you say are the, are the trip hazards with our culture that, that, that can hinder our church or hinder us as Christians, you know, and grow? Well, like there's a lot of upsides. We could talk all day about the upsides. What do you see as some of the downsides that, that we should just be aware of? Yeah. Think about well, it. I, you, listen, you, you, you men know this. Uh, Ireland before pandemic, uh, suicide rates have been high. Alcohol and drug use has been high before a pandemic comes. And I know here we're seeing, uh, like I said before, upticks in those things. And uh, that, that becomes a huge concern of mine uh, in Ireland because um, I, I think just Irish culture, uh, you know, outside of the church, I'm not talking about inside the church, but outside the church, so much has been built, built around the pub. And, um, you know, and I think that in moments like this, I mean, you get people drinking at home alone, alcohol, depression. Uh, those are things that really concern me about the culture as a whole. Um, and at the same time, those of us who know Jesus and walk with God, my prayer is for the church to shine bright. Hey, it is when when the, when when things get difficult and the times are hard, you see what happens with the world and the culture, and you see what happens with the church. And when the when we shine bright in the darkness, is is when there's a great capacity. So it does concern me, and and as well, um, you know, I, what I love about Ireland is just the social embrace with each other. You know what I mean? Um, in America, you have to call and make an appointment to stop by somebody's house. I love Ireland. You just drop in. Uh, Krista did not care for that as much when we first moved. Gavin <laughs> <laughs> would pull up in the car, and she'd be like, "Oh, the laundry's out. Oh, we didn't get enough." But we adapted to that pretty quick. But we know how important yeah. it is to just for somebody to drop in and have a cup of tea and you know toast or whatever. And um and and when you take that out of a culture that is so intertwined in community. And loving each other, I think that the great, the greatest um, difficulty with the pandemic is is the loss of community in the church. Because community in the church isn't something that like pastors thought up one day. And, oh, we just have this, you know, loving community of people. Yeah, Jesus instituted that. That's that's the that's Jesus' plan. And community is so important. It's iron sharpening iron, and us engage with each other, caring and loving each other. And then when you get an order from the government that says you can't go 5K from your house and you can't have more than five people in the house together or whatever the numbers are, it really can hurt the, the fabric and the mentality of what uh, what Ireland is all about. Yeah, so yeah. I pray that you don't lose that. I pray in Ireland that, uh, you know, the warm hospitality and kindness and love and mm. generosity that really defines Irish people. Uh, don't lose that. Don't let the government push it out. Don't let COVID push it out. Don't let, you know, lockdowns push it out. Um, you know, here we're going through political wars and, you know, don't let that push it out. You have to let Jesus be Jesus. And uh, no, but, but I, pr I pray, um, you know, when, when you talk about Ireland, those are the things that concerns me in, um, in Ireland, you know? Mm -hmm. John, do you think that uh, there is a 
propensity within Christians to be very conspiratorial, uh, particularly <laughs> our, you know, uh, I, I mean, it seems that we have there's more nutcases amongst us than what we we, we choose to <laughs> want to admit. But then again, we are a, we are a place for broken people. You know, I mean, the churches for men and women that are broken that come in with all forms of illnesses and then when they get saved and, and they start reading their Bibles sometimes not with a lot of, uh, of education or, uh, or um, you know, ability. And the conspiracy theories seem to go everywhere. I mean, I mean the, the vaccine is the mark of the beast. And, you know, <laughs> you know, you just you don't believe that? that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be very politically correct. I'll, I'll keep my counsel to myself about the vaccine. No, no, I don't believe that. No, I don't believe it for a second. But it's, it, and, and also this, you know, what, what, what we're all watching too is an unfolding bullying on the internet world or the Christian world that if you don't subscribe to my narrative that this is the devil or this is the Antichrist and this is the mark of the beast, then you have no discernment and you're missing the point. And so I, I, I do read a lot of that sort of from a lot of the viral sort of Facebook and internet stuff that go out there from, from a lot of uh, nonsense people. Have you come across a lot of that in your own side of the pond there? <laughs> yes. Uh, I thought Irish <laughs> people would be far too smart to know. <laughs> you know, um, I think already people embrace conspiracy, you know, conspiracy theories and things have been like going on for years, decades and decades. And it, it is, you, you, but you get people and you go, you can't go outside your home, uh, sit inside your house and get on your computer. And what they're just watching videos and they're taking in sometimes not what's healthy things. One thing I try to say to people, then go to the word rather than what some Amen. conspiracy, go to God's word. God's word will encourage you. He'll tell you all the truth. He'll tell you all about the devil. He'll tell you all about the Antichrist. He'll tell you all about it. And some, you know, we had, we had videos. I, I literally have gotten hundreds because I you know, have a lot of Facebook friends and people shoot me videos, not, not even just from my churches from around the world. And, and sometimes I know that right before, um, the, the turnover of the election, uh, you guys have probably watched some of that, but we were getting, you know, these these prophets that were getting up and saying that, you know, martial law was going to take place and Trump was going to go to war and he wasn't going to leave. And, you know, I did warn Patrick not to be sending out those videos, Daniel, but then you Patrick, there you go. <laughs> I just can't help myself. <laughs> yeah. Late at night, he's sending me all these videos. <laughs> Hold this baby, and you know, <laughs> 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 an awful lot of lost energy, John. What do you think? And a lot, an awful lot of lost focus, and a lot, and an awful lot of lost time when when we we become so darkness oriented, and so you know, everything about the devil, the devil's under the bed, the devil's in the White House, the devil's in the EU, rather than staying on our purpose, you know, which is to preach Christ Jesus. To manifest the gospel, even if Nero is at the door. I mean, right. you know, even if he's not, as you said, you, you thought about Nero and the church has been here so many times in 2000 years. I mean, it's ridiculous when you, when you start to even sum up the, the church history over that pattern of time. We've had pandemics. We, we've had, you know, we've had wars, rumors of wars, persecutions, yeah. real government overreach, not just sort of, well, they're eroding and, and the next thing could be and, you know, that sort of, so, I mean, so much lost focus and lost time for us. And yet there's a harvest out there of nervous people, fearful people, and, and, and they're only wanting to hear, uh, that there is light and there is hope for them, you know, and, and, and I feel that, that a lot of us Christians, we need to get our focus back, you know, and, uh, to that end, we, we at Court Church are trying to preach that, we're trying to live that, and we battle our own demons, obviously, but the fact of the matter is we have to get back onto what our purpose is. You know, to That's do it. the will of the Lord, to yeah. be the light of the world. Yeah, because First John says it. I mean, the Apostle John says it in First John. The spirit of Antichrist has already come into the world. So we've been dealing, you know, when people go, oh, it's Antichrist. Spirit of Antichrist has already been in the world for a very long time. And listen, yeah. the, the closer it gets to the coming of Christ, the, probably the one thing I would probably take exception with you is, the devil probably is in the White House, and he probably is in the EU. <laughs> he probably is in a whole lot of the culture and things. So I, I, no, I, I was just wonder when I wonder when when in history that he wasn't, you know what I mean? But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, but you know, can I just say this too? When it comes to the vaccine, I do not believe that the vaccine is. Uh, I, I don't even see how it could be the mark of the beast. Like no. the, you know, biblically, you are going to know when you're taking the mark of the beast that this is from Antichrist. And if you take it, you can't be saved. So somebody had written that to me one time, and I just asked them the question. So if you're a healthcare worker or somebody works for the fire department, the police department, and they mandatory, they have to take a vaccine. Are you telling me that I should say to them that if you take that vaccine, you're going to hell, so you should quit your job? Like, like it's just, um, it's just, uh, to me, it's just a ridiculous thing. But I will follow that by saying this. I do believe we've seen it here. I'm sure you've seen it there. Government control sometimes can worry me at times when it when the overreaches are there because what it can set us up for is not that this is the antichrist but in years moving forward when groups of people start to be conditioned and go well the government says you can't do this well the government says that if you believe that abortion is wrong well government says if you don't believe you know god if you believe god's word that you're a hater those are the things that we have to go hey ultimately our allegiances to Christ and his word. And yes, we'll do everything to obey government as long as it doesn't ask us to violate God's word. And I think that the conditioning is what we have to be careful of, is that we don't allow the government to condition us that, that they're the priority of who we listen to and what we do. Ultimately, our authority is Christ and his word. So I don't know how that fits in. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. But I do feel that those elements are kind of pushing us in different places in the world. Um, but ultimately, it's a pandemic, and we want to save lives, and we don't want people to, yeah. you know, to yeah. die. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. To me, to, to me, I, I agree. I, I think that's exactly right, Sean. I mean, we could get into the sort of judge Judy shoulda, coulda, woulda. Maybe it might, and maybe it did, and maybe it rose and all that. We, I think everybody will know when government have really overreached, you know, and I think everyone's going to be on the same page and when 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 the attack comes solely to the church. But right now, I think it's good for us to take a a collective deep breath and pause and say, hold on, we are still able to preach the gospel. God is in control. And at every opportunity we have, we should make him known and just live for him in whatever form. Uh, I actually let you, I I had a conversation recently with a young man. He's a Bible graduate and, uh, you know, I just noticed on his Facebook page all these, you know, conspiratorial stuff, and you know, and it's, you know, he's not an epidemiologist, and he's not, he's not an elected official to make decisions for a country under a democracy, you know, and and he, he has no level of expertise in this area, but, but you know, to get so focused on that, and 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 then to beat the church because the church doesn't see it his way, you know what I mean, and 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 everyone's behind the the, the eight ball with the thing. I just think that is something that we need to start refocusing on. People say, come on, don't go there. I know nothing other but Christ Jesus and him crucified. As long as we can lift up the name of Jesus and as long as we can preach the gospel, you know, then we have to, as you said, embrace this um, circumstance. I mean, Israel, I'm sure, hated the idea of going into Babylon for 70 years. I'm sure they hated the whole idea of that government overreach, you know. But yet, even in the midst of that, because there will come a time, whether it's now, someone says overreach or later, there will be a time where everybody's going to be on the same page about an overreach, because we know how this thing ends. We know that their world will turn its focus against the gospel on a very, very noble level. We know that there's going to be an ultimate battle of, 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 and you're right, I think, for the church to understand that, you know, we're not children of the darkness, that these days would overtake us. But uh, we will be led by the Lord, and I think I think between now and that gunfight at the OK Corral, which uh, we win anyhow because Jesus comes back and raptures us and and takes us out. Um, you know, uh, we just preach the Lord and 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 try to bear fruit for Him in all our circumstances, and it's a test for everybody. It's not just a test for the the average congregant. It's a test for me. I find it difficult to work through um, the, the, this how my own senses are being dragged into this thing every day, 24 hours a day seven days a week. So my sympathies, I'm in the same world, you know, so I'm not speaking from an ivory tower. You know, none of us are speaking from sort of a, you know, we're, we're on the, the Bahamas somewhere sipping our Napoleon Brandies and just, you know, talking about the world. We're in the middle of fight with everybody, but not to lose focus and not to lose intimacy and not to lose use useless energy on things that are not important at the moment. Um, our focus must be very strong. What do you think, Patrick? 
I couldn't agree more. I, I think that that perspective is so important at this time. That we'd be faith-filled people who are looking for the word. Uh, you know, we're in a uh, we're in the age of misinformation. Uh, we're not in the, the information age anymore. We're in the misinformation age. Uh, yep. The the right honourable prophet Denzel Washington <laughs> said, <laughs> "If you don't watch the news, you're uninformed. If you watch the news, you're misinformed." And that's the, and I think that that is the rock and the hard place that a lot of uh, our, our congregations are in. Um, and maybe I, I don't know, Pastor John, could you speak on a practical level level to those folks who are at home, they're online, they are drinking in every post, every article, um, they are you know and taking it all as gospel. What do you do, you know, if you're in that position? Um, one of the thoughts, and maybe you could even speak on the idea that maybe social media is something that we should weaponize as Christian people, and it should be media to uh, inform others um, rather than to be informed by others. So, is there a way to just, just on a practical level, speak into that? Those folks who are just online on a screen, taking it all in, and are probably just bound up by fear. They don't know where to go, what to do. What would you say to them? Yeah, you know, uh, probably like we do with our children, not quite uh, you yet, uh, Patrick, but I think for the rest of us, um, you know, when we have our, our children and they're at an age and you go, hey, you spend so much time on the video games, but sometimes you got to shut the video games off and yeah. you got to do other things. And I think, you know, we, we have to monitor ourselves because it is what you feed in is what comes out. And if what you have is, you know, um, you know, every terrible news cycle that sometimes like I, and I listen, I'm, I'm not on with the conspiracy theories at all, but I do feel like um, that there's places where there's definitely forces in our world that are trying to manipulate us. And that is on both sides, right, left, media, the conservatives, the liberals. And you get so much of that, you know, I feel like there's probably not a time in my lifetime I have felt more manipulated by government and media. And so, um, you know, you have to ask yourself, do you want to be, do you want to be, do you want that to be the driving force in your life or Christ and his work? And so yeah. there has to be some times that you take that and you set it aside. And uh, there's so many right now, there's so many great. Uh, people that love God and know God, Times Square Church and Tim Delina and Pastor Carter and Pastor Nick. There's a lot of good places to feed, you know, spiritual things into your heart because what you feed in is what's going to come out. And if you get overwhelmed and anxious and fearful, God's not called us to that. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And so just make sure that, um, while you're going through this time that you just keep things in a sound place, you keep your relationships good. Uh, it can be difficult. Um, you know, when, when you get around people all the time and it's the same people you can, you know, the anxieties can take place in the house. And uh, if you don't take this time and keep Jesus first and really allow the Holy spirit to do a work, man, he, it, and that's what, and that's what the scripture says is the spirit of truth. So when you go to Jesus, you go to the, the Holy Spirit, you go to the Word of God, you're putting truth into your life. And then whatever things are good and pleasant and pure, think on these things. So I'm, I'm certainly not saying to stick your head in the dirt. You need to be aware of what's going on. But everything that I see and hear on TV, I measure it through God's Word. I measure it through truth. Is this person being honest with me? You know, and, and trying to just keep myself at that good level place and um you know keep those relationships strong you guys if you're watching and you're part of court church you have great pastors and leaders and i know for us here <clears throat> you know we have deacons and elders and whatever else <clears throat> there's just a lot of good people that you can call on and talk with and if there's something you're not sure about hey you know i heard this uh, on the internet or i saw this on tv and hey, what, what do you think about this and if Rather than being overwhelmed by it, there's great yeah. people that you can call on. So, yeah. very good. Yeah. I'm just looking. I'm just looking here at the moment. Some of the questions that have come in online. 
And I'm going to read one out because it's not, we're not going to go into a protracted answer for any of these, but I like it. Because it, it, it was a, some young man, I don't know who you are. He said, hey, lads, I've started reading the Bible recently. Well, one thing that I've struggled to understand is the story of Noah's Ark. Is the story of Noah supposed to be literally interpreted as a real event? So I, I'm going to pass it around a second to Pastor John. But just to say, first of all, if it's a genuine question, thank you. If you're reading your Bible, well done. You're reading the, the only book that tells you how we got here and how it's going to end and gives you a whole lineage, history, pattern, uh, the only book that has stood the test of time and history. And I would think that most of us on the screen here are literates, that we actually believe in a, a, a you know, short earth, that it's not a, it's not a millions upon millions of years that this thing happened much faster. Uh, uh, do you need to believe that to be born again? No, you don't. But it sure has helped you to understand the heart of God that yes, first of all, short answer for me, I do believe in a man called Noah. I do believe that God used him. I do believe he built an ark that took him 120 years and, uh, and it's literal. But so if you have any stumblings with that, I would point you to a website called answersingenesis.com. Ken Ham's there. They'll give you some good apologetics, good arguments as to why, um, you know, a short, short period rather than long period for the world and, um, creation story. John, uh, yes or no, Noah, was he a real guy and did he build a real ark? Yeah, and echoing what you said, Pastor Nick, there's literally hundreds of prophecies in the Bible that it would have been fulfilled. Amazing prophecies in Daniel. You literally can go and there's prophecies that, that tell you the day, the year that Jesus would appear uh, and, mm -hmm. and come as the Savior. So there, there's amazing uh, yeah. prophecies. If you're new reading the, the Bible, there's no, it's a supernatural book. The yeah. one thing that I would say, though, is, is it real? Yes, I believe it is. But I believe the picture that it gives is really pertinent to the to where we're living at right now. And the picture is this, that God is merciful. And you see Noah uh, is a man that God is showing his grace and mercy. He's preaching righteousness for 100 years, even though people don't believe or receive. that He's a man mm -hmm. of faith. He's walking with God. And in the midst of that, he's saved. And that ark of safety is a picture of salvation. And so mm -hmm. when, when you get Jesus even talked about as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be. And so it's not just a historical book, but it is now giving us a pattern for our life. And there is a place of safety. And that place of safety is Christ. And uh, yes. God has a place. He's taken us to heaven one day even. But there's that place of safety as you serve God and you, and you put your trust in him. And so not only do I believe it's historically true, I believe that the message that it has is for us today. And I would encourage you to take that and go, hey, yes, God is merciful and kind. But there's also a place there when people turn away and unbelief that there is there is a place where people reject him. Not that God does that. The, the scripture is very clear in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Amen. son that whosoever should believe. But God did not send his world in to condemn the world. The world is already condemned. Uh, there's already unbelief. There's already people that have turned away. What he provides is an ark of safety. And what I would encourage you to do, not just to, to ask if, it, if it's historical, but are you going to be a person that finds yourself on the ark or off of the ark? That's that's the question. That's the question. You can find the answer to that. <laughs> right? That's the question. That is the question. Just a quick one there. Ben Newton sent in the comments. He said, uh, relating to the whole lockdown, is that we are still able to preach the gospel. Thank God for that freedom. Patrick, that's some beard. That's what he says. <laughs> thank you, Ben, for that comment. <laughs> Norman Daly, no, thank you, Norman. Norman says, thank you for your advice months ago not to take the right off going off on tangents and not staying in the simplicity of Christ. Norma, you got it. That's the ground. Hold that exactly. ground. Yeah. Don't give it up because I know nothing other Paul says he doesn't go down any rabbit holes, you know, he stayed on the scriptures. And if you stay in the word and in prayer, you interpret everything from a, from a different lens. Um, yeah. The whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one. So we're beginning to see it in different areas. Why should that surprise us? As long as we have breath, ability to pray, preach the gospel, let's do it as long as we have light, because there will come a time of darkness by which no man can labor. And that is not, maybe not too far ahead of us either. Um, I don't see any other questions here. Anybody that's got a question for Pastor John there, just as I'm scrolling down. Emma, you're not. Yeah, go on, Pat. 
Would that be okay? I'm just thinking, uh, you yeah. know, there's a lot of young adults, uh, Pastor John, who are finding this season difficult. Um, isolation is a real thing. Um, a lot of social butterflies um, are, are caged figuratively. Um, what practically would you say to them? How how can they how can they wake up every day and you know get their time with the Lord and balance everything out? So to just remain healthy. Um, I was actually at the GP's office a couple of weeks ago, and he said um, he can't get over the amount of people who've come into his office uh, in that early 20s age uh, bracket dealing with serious mental health issues. So I just think it's now now more than ever. It's so prevalent. You know, what what practically can, can a young adult do um, every day to stay balanced and buoyant and faithful? Yeah, and teenagers are the same way. Like for some of yeah. us, mm-hmm. as you get older, you get married, you have kids, you go through times like this, and yes, they're difficult, but you kind of have your identity. Uh, hey, the whole world may not like me, but hopefully my wife and my kids do. You know what I mean? And, uh, so, so you have that. With, with young adults, it's different. You don't have that close, uh, intimate, you know, the that, that person that you can be with and kind of rely upon and walk through life with. So that makes it really challenging. Uh, I would probably say, hey, wash your hands, wear your mask, keep your social distance. But as much as you can get together in small groups and um, and and try to have that interaction and get in the word. Yes, social media is great, but I have, uh, I think that all of us can agree on the social media is great, but it's just not the same. And for people in that age group, the if they can, even if it's just one or two people and they can get together and play a board game or do some things that are fun or find some creative ways to do that, um, you, you need social interaction. We were created for social interaction. A study was done one time with babies uh, where they where they didn't hold babies, didn't touch, and the mortality rate went really high because babies need love and affection and a dad to hold yeah. them. And, you know, and, 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 it, and, it, and what it speaks to is this, is that we need interaction. We need people to affirm us and love us and for us to love them. You know, it, God created us as social beings. And so, you know, that's the one of the greatest things through this pandemic is like, how do you maintain that? So trying to, maintain that um, even if it's with smaller groups and in smaller places and again wash your hands keep some distance do it safely but you can do it and just don't and you know can I say one other thing and I think you guys will appreciate this and don't just think about yourself because in the church sometimes we can go hey where's my three friends but you know what there's there are the straggler there's the people on the peripherals and you know what? You may go through a list of people and go, hey, you know what? Every day I want to spend an hour and just reach out to some people that I normally wouldn't reach out to that may be lonely or going through a hard time. So let me extend myself and do ministry in the pandemic because you can really make a difference in somebody's life by just a short few words. Hey, I'm thinking about you, praying That's for true. you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just like, hey, okay, what, what can I get? It's that overflow of giving out that really brings the the freshness and the joy and the peace into your own heart. So, you know, take time and do that. The whole church should do that, by the way, not just young adults. The whole church should do that. Amen. Amen. Sorry, Steve, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was was just going to ask a question. Um, You know, you came here as a missionary, John, and and I know missions is, is, is in your heart. Where do you see mission now in this this COVID time? You know, do you, do you see, like, I, I think it's important that, that we, we always have a sense of mission. You know, how, how, do, how do you see that in, in a person's life now? Yeah, we actually, you know, we were actually planning to come to Ireland last year. And then we were hoping to come this year. And it, again, it looks like, you know, you know, that's going to be very difficult to do. We love missions trips. We haven't been able to do them as much. Uh, we haven't been able to do them all last year and probably this year. We, we keep holding out hope that we can do something, but it, it just doesn't appear like we're going to be able to do that. But I, this is what I find. Um, Uganda, 
different places in Africa and Asia. Man, we think that we're being hit hard. Some of those places, the food prices are rising and, you know, uh, <laughs> that are in very poor situations. And so, you know, out of the overflow that we have, I would just, you know, we try to encourage people to give. We, we're continuing on with our missions, missions giving for the poor, for the hurting. In our own community, like you are, you know, we do that. But then as well, we, you know, the missions is mm-hmm. so important. And, and some of these guys are really struggling. So, you know, we really try to keep that alive. Great praise report is a, a guy that's in our church that's a missionary to Vietnam. He uh, he was put out of the country, wasn't allowed to go in. And so with the pandemic, he's he's been stuck here. And he was so distraught, like, man, I just, you know, I want to be there. Well, now he has, he's continued all of his classes online. He has, they've planted more churches than any year that he's been there. The, the, <laughs> the pastors are growing. People are getting saved. The gospel's being preached. He can't go there. But what he's then putting into the nationals is thriving. And by him being here, it's allowed him to go to churches. And he's raising money uh, to build a church in Da Nang, which if, if you know, was where most of the Vietnam War took place. Very harsh to the gospel there. Uh, people get in prison. But because he married a girl from Vietnam, he's being able to purchase property uh, that the government would never be able to see because it would be in a family name. And so he's raising the funds to do that. So he shared at our church a couple of weeks ago. He's like, man, this I thought this was terrible, but this has actually all been for the good. It's, it's like Paul being put in prison. And he's going, man, I'm stuck in prison. Now I have to write all these letters to the churches and I can't go there. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have, right? So, so sometimes you know what we think is the most terrible, awful situation is God working out a greater good. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but man, we got we got to give. We got to you know we are in the Western world. We're the people that have the resources, and we have to take a responsibility to go. If our brother in a poor uh, country is hurting or is in need, we have to be here to supply the need as much as we can. And if every church and every person does that, uh, th- then you know what we can make. We can't change everything, but we can change many situations. And we certainly, you know, think that that's the church's responsibility. Amen. You know? So you know, I just want to close out uh, in a moment or two. But when when the apostle Paul says, "My grace is sufficient for you," mm-hmm. um, no trial is appealing, and no trial. Nobody, you know, wants to have trials. Nobody wants to go into suffering. It's part of what we've been teaching all our ministries, and now our turn is here. Uh, this is the this is the question we need to ask ourselves: Can we all interact with God during COVID nineteen? The answer is yes. Yep. Can we yes. all grow spiritually during this time? The answer is yes. Can we all believe that God can supernaturally touch the hearts of men and women without us touching their hearts? The answer is yes. You know, and and do we all believe that Jesus said, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it"? All our answer would be yes, I'm sure, because that's our it's our theology, but now it's our reality, and I think that's our to go to place to remind ourselves the grace of God is with us. We can grow, we will grow, and I dare say, uh, and that's what is going to going to come out. I prophesy, but I dare say that when this passes and when the books are written and opened in heaven, that there'll be so many people that have gotten saved during this period of time that we will take our breath away. Because I really do believe that the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune God, who is active to convict men of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come, is the greatest preacher of the gospel. And I, I I do believe he's active in our world today on a non-parallel level. So, much as I don't like this, we're signing off today by saying we hate you, Corona. We hate you, COVID-19. We hate social distancing. We hate you, the hell. But that is not stopping the Church of Jesus Christ. And uh, that is not stopping the testimony of Christ. And people are and Amen. will be and will continue to be saved because he, yep. his church, yes. not mine, uh, That's not right. yours, it's his body. He purchased yeah. it with his blood. Amen. So be encouraged. Endure what you have to do, Christian. Be a good soldier. You know, learn the disciplines of being a soldier. Get into the book, pray, read, spend time with God, G O D, and learn what it is to have a walk with Him. 
rather than overly dependent upon your two or three circle of friends. That's immature now. <clears throat> you have to go from immaturity to maturity. And by yeah. God's grace, we all will move a notch up that level of, of uh, or that depth in him. And I believe that's what God's going to do in us. God bless you all. Just before you yeah, sign but, off, you know, um, you have in, in, in the scripture, <laughs> the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is the greatest revelation of the book of Revelation. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it was written by a guy who was quarantined on Patmos on an island. That's right. He was quarantined on the island that he had this magnificent revelation of Jesus. And so, listen, when you're in quarantine, God wants to reveal himself in powerful ways. So just just maybe thought I would share that and signing off, you know. Um, So I love you guys, man. Every one of you, Pastor Stephen, the beard. James Harden. Uh. <laughs> 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 it. Well, it's, it's lovely having you on, John, and to see you again. It, it just warms all of our hearts. And you know how much we love you and Krista yeah. and Noah and Corey as well, and all our friends in the Springs Church. We know you pray for us here and have got a heart for Ireland, and that gives us a lot of comfort. But we too pray for you, and we're very proud of what the Lord is doing through your lives there and the great testament, the lampstand testimony that's been established in Jacksonville, Florida. All all glory to God, of course. And again, for those who have been watching live with us or those who are watching later, uh, if you're on a spiritual journey, can I just tell you, if you're uh, anywhere in America, you want to check out, if you're in Jacksonville, Springs Church, Jacksonville, and if you're here in Ireland, get on our website, get on our, keep on our Facebook page, reach out to any of us and we will put you in contact with the church in your area if you're not close to us, but we want to spur you on just like that young man wrote about, do you believe in Noah's Ark? And it's a long conversation. We understand what the apologetics go if you're still listening to us. You got the short answer, but there is great revelation for you if you truly will look into the world with an honest heart. And if you're on your spiritual journey, looking for God with an honest heart, it's the honest man finds him, not the argumentative man. Not the man that's trying to prove himself to be right, but the man that's looking for something higher than himself. And may the Holy Spirit lead you to the rock that is higher than yourself. And may God bless you in your journey. John, bless you so much. Thank you for getting up so early. I know you've got a lot of appointments yeah, thank you, today. John. <laughs> and Parker, great to see you there. None the worse for wear after pushing out that seven, seven pound, eight ounce baby. And <laughs> 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 Steve, just before we go, show everybody, show everybody it's not the market of beast. Just do that for me. Let's pray for him. I he walked into tree, a tree. And the tree yeah. You got the, the tree wandering. The tree oh. <laughs> God keep you all gentlemen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.